0: Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Voting in the 2022 general election is underway. In San Diego County, voters will choose leaders for the County Board of Supervisors, San Diego City Council, Chula Vista Mayor, Sheriff, and more. Joining me today is Michael Smolens, political columnist at the Union Tribune. Michael, thanks for being here. Thanks for having
1: me on again, Christy.
0: Okay, so you are very tuned into politics and you're watching these races closely. What is standing out to you so far?
1: Well, there's there's several as you say. People are voting now, and uh, there's a lot of races at all levels. I, I think starting off, one of the key ones is is a local race for Congress. We've written a lot about and we've talked about um, uh, Congressman Mike Levin versus uh, Brian Marriott, the former mayor of San Juan Capistrano. That's in the 49th congressional district, which uh, straddles uh, San Diego, the San Diego and Orange County line, um, and they they ran against each other before. Marriott lost two years ago by six points, but as we know, the um, the dynamics are different. Uh, that was a presidential year um, where Democrats tend to turn out a little more. The trend overall in Congress is leaning towards Republicans. That doesn't mean 11 is uh, you know, in serious trouble. I think he still holds a slight advantage, but it's going to be a much more competitive race. And to a degree, that race factors into the overall battle for Congress. Uh, Republicans need to gain only five seats to flip the House into their favor as a majority uh, after the November election. And that could be one of them. Uh, I don't think that the House uh, majority will hinge on that race. I think that, that there are other closer districts, even here in California. But that one locally is a very interesting one. So that's one to look at at the start.
0: Well, you mentioned Republicans are trending. I've seen that in headlines a lot recently. What is the reason for that?
1: Well, first of all, um, you've got uh, you know a midterm election. That means that there's no presidential race. And usually the party out of power uh, tends to do better, or the party out of the White House. Um, five seats is not a- to asking much for the Republicans to gain. So you've got that historic trend. Then you've got a lot of other things. The primary thing uh, really is... Um, inflation in the economy. That seems to be driving a lot of voter concern. Now, we did have the situation where the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June. You know That, that was the, uh, the constitutional protection for abortion rights. Uh, that energized a lot of Democrats, a lot of independents who uh, support abortion rights. But I think the pendulum is starting to swing back towards the economy. Things haven't improved. So, there's a lot of other reasons, but those are really kind of the key things that that are are playing into the overall race, uh, and particularly uh, this levin Marriott race.
0: What are some of the other races you're watching here locally?
1: Well, a key marquee race uh, is the race for sheriff. I mean, we've got a, a you know an open seat for the first time in a long time without an incumbent, and you've got uh, uh, Kelly Martinez, the um, under sheriff, uh, who was you know appointed there by the former sheriff who has since resigned, Bill Gore, against John Hemmerling. Uh, Now, you know, this is a technically nonpartisan race. Kelly Martinez is a Democrat. John Hemmerling is a Republican. But there's a lot of uh, cross-pollination in in party politics here. Uh, Kelly Martinez has a lot of establishment backing from both Democrats and Republicans. Hemmerling has Republican back. Uh, But it's sort of interesting. He uh, got into trouble uh, for some comments that people thought were... uh, dismissive, if not insulting uh, to uh, the LGBTQ community at a a forum up in Ramona, I think, somewhere up in in, uh, sort of the the Northeast County. And that actually lost him the endorsement from the Union Tribune editorial board, which I should point out I'm not part of, but that was an interesting turn of events. Now to further turn things in a more interesting uh, fashion, uh, Dave Myers was the third major candidate running in the primary. Dave's. I uh, was a, a former top commander in the sheriff's department for 30 years. He is gay, and that's significant because he has now backed Hemmerling. He talked with Hemmerling. He thinks Hemmerling made a you know mistake in what he said, and he thinks Hemmerling is sort of the the outsider, breath of fresh air they need in the sheriff's department, which, as we've reported for years, has had a lot of problems, particularly with jails and the deaths that have been higher than just about anywhere else. So. We'll see. I think that Martinez, you know, in in sort of handicapping it, Martinez is still the odds-on favorite, but um, it's getting to be an interesting race.
0: Okay. Any other races you'd like to highlight?
1: Well, sure. Uh, Just on the candidate front, we'll mention maybe one more, and then there's some propositions that are probably worth talking about. The Chula Vista Mayor's race. Now, Chula Vista is the second largest city in the county, and we've got an open seat because Mary Salas, the incumbent, is termed out. So you've got Democrat uh, Amar Kampanajar, who has run for Congress and did very well, not in that particular area, but uh, in in nearby portions of East County and some portions of South County, and John McCann, a uh, longtime city council member. Again, you've got a Democrat-Republican split. uh, Najar is the Democrat, uh, McCann is the Republican. But again, these are technically nonpartisan races, and party politics plays a role, but you know... uh, uh, Campanajara is a little bit of an outsider. He was more identified with the East County races he he ran in for a couple of cycles. Uh, McCann's been, you know, a homer in Chula Vista. So we'll see if that plays out. Uh, and, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth and some dodgy campaign uh, controversies that we don't need to get into. But that that'll be one to see. Okay, who's going to lead Chula Vista into the future? Because Chula Vista really thinks you know, a lot of people there think they're at the cusp of really becoming a much higher profile uh, city in the county. They are the second largest, but a lot of people don't think of uh, Chula Vista as uh, you know in the whole dynamic of the region's civic affairs.
0: Okay, well as you mentioned, there are a lot of ballot measures. I think we have seven statewide, five here locally. Do you want to go down the line? Uh, well, just
1: mention a couple, maybe uh, statewide and. Uh, than locally, but the biggest one is Proposition One. That would codify uh the, the protections for abortion rights in California law into the state constitution. Now, you know, the Supreme Court ultimately could could overturn you know, what the state does, but that gives greater protections, also just in a political sense, that was put on the ballot to, to help drive Democratic voters out. So things like that may help getting back to somebody like Mike Levin. Uh, help Democrats in certain, uh, uh, you know, close races. Uh, that's going to be a very big attraction, um, and it should, it will almost certainly pass, and probably by a huge margin. Uh, abortion rights have been supported in California very strongly for some time. Um, there's a couple other ones. There's a Propositions 26 and 27, which are gambling initiatives that would uh, expand gambling online and at the cas- uh, casinos on uh, tribal lands. Right now, the polls show those. Uh, failing pretty badly uh, for the most part, most polls anyway, uh, despite a record amount of money being spent. But frankly, some of the more interesting ones, if I may, go to uh, the local races. Uh, can we talk about that?
0: Yes, absolutely, please. Well,
1: in the city of San Diego has two of the more interesting ones. Basically, there's Measure B, which would start charging or eventually start charging single-family homeowners uh, a fee for to collect their trash. San Diego is a unique city among many in that uh, single family homeowners due to a 1919 ordinance, the people's ordinance it was called, get their trash pickup for free while condos, apartment complexes and businesses have to pay uh, private collectors. A lot of people think that's an imbalance and that that the city needs the money to both expand its recycling and to help finance, you know, its public safety and other uh, services. So that's on the ballot. Uh, as we know, you know, I mean, uh, it's essentially asking people to tax themselves, and that's not very popular usually. But uh, I think polls have shown that it's, uh, you know, got a serious chance of passing. Uh, the other one is sort of a, uh, uh, you know, a do-over on the uh, Midway Sports Arena area height limit. As you recall, uh, a couple of years back, voters in the city overwhelmingly uh, agreed to raise the height limit. It's For 50 years, it's been limited at 30 feet. Uh, they have big plans to redevelop that whole area and all of the plans rely on a higher height limit uh, for a variety of legal and political reasons uh, that uh, approval was overturned in the courts. And now there's another ballot measure basically doing the same thing. Uh, it's a different year. Again, that was a, a presidential election year, so we'll see if that has any impact, but it pa- passed by a pretty comfortable margin. So those are sort of the the highlights uh, that I think we're seeing uh, come up uh, before voters in this November election.
0: Yeah, thank you for the overview. Uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, there's so many races up and down the state, you know, in the county, locally. Um, but and some of them are kind of esoteric offices, like judges, or like the Board of Equalization. What is your advice for going about researching those? Because when I talk to people, they're just like, I don't know, I've never heard of these people. I don't even know what this board does. So it, what would you say?
1: It, it, it is difficult. Uh, and yes, they're obscure. And, you know, endorsements aren't a, a, a cure-all kind of solution. But I think looking at groups that that you, know, you agree with, whether it's a Political party, or you know, an environmental group, or or, or a you know anti-tax group, seeing who their support sort of help. Um, I think also go to voter guides. Uh, the Union Tribune has a very good one on some of these, and uh, see what uh, the endorsements are. If you agree or some people disagree with the Union Tribune endorsements, because yeah, judges are very difficult uh, to to decipher, and uh, sometimes I know people have voted for judicial candidates, and they turn out to be really the wrong kind of candidate that they wanted. Um, You know, I I mean, if you really, uh, this, a lot of people don't think this is great advice. But if you really are uncertain, you know, maybe just not vote in those races, uh, and leave it to people that have studied a little bit. But the information's out there it takes a little getting used to, but there's not a lot of stories, um, you know, on these obscure races, like you say, Board of Equalization.
0: Okay, thanks for that advice. Michael, anything else you'd like to add?
1: No, just that people uh, should vote. We all got our uh, ballots in the mail, and, um, you know, that's a a great thing. I think it's proven uh, very effective despite some controversy, and a lot of that, I think, is made up controversy. I think that, um, in a personal sense, making it easier for people to vote in a, you know, secure way is the way to go, and um, more people participating is good for democracy.
0: Michael Smolens, political columnist at the Union-Tribune, thank you very much.
1: Thank you.